Welcome to Passionate and Prosperous, the only podcast about creating success in your life and business by using your voice, gifts, and skills to do the work that lights you up, make money, and have massive impact in the world. This show teaches coaches, creatives, and service-oriented human beings how to trust in yourself and leverage your unique message, experience, and expertise to attract your ideal audience, create clients, and organically build your soul-aligned business. I'm your host, mindset and business strategy coach, Stacey Brass Russell, and I can't wait to help you to set yourself up for success and use your passion to create the prosperous life and business that you truly desire. Hey, everybody, welcome back to Passionate and Prosperous. So if you are listening to this episode right around when it comes out, then it is mid or early October 2022. And I want to remind you that Passionate and Prosperous is going to be having a birthday party. Yes, we are turning one and I am so excited. So please mark your calendar. We're going to get together on Friday, October 28th at 11 a.m. Eastern and do a little Zoom. And on the Zoom, you'll get to be with me and the Passionate and Prosperous community, which everyone is awesome. And we're going to do some live coaching coaching and do some Q&A and talk about your favorite episodes. And I might even be able to come up with a little bit of like a quiz situation. So it's going to be really fun and definitely a celebration. And I want to celebrate with all of you because the only reason why our show actually charted this week on the Apple Top 250 Podcast for Entrepreneurship is because of you. It's because of everyone who's listening and loving the show and being supportive of this show and also sharing it with other people. I am getting messages from you all the time saying that you told someone else to listen because you knew that it would help them. So I want to thank you and I want to celebrate you, which is why I want you to make sure to mark your calendar and I will get something out to the email list that has a way for you to do a little sign up so that you can get the Zoom link. And that reminds me, if you're not already on my email list, you should be because you don't want to miss out on all of the things that I offer and all the trainings. There's lots of free stuff and a lot of inspiration outside of the show too. So go to my website, www.stacybrassrussell.com. It's really easy for you to enter your name and email there. There's also some free stuff for you on the webpage, homepage, and That's also where you can go and take another look if you haven't yet or your first look at Passionate and Prosperous Live. And that is happening in New York City, November 11th and 12th. Now, I am offering a virtual option for Passionate and Prosperous Live, but I'm not going to lie to you. I want as many of you as possible in the room with me. I have rented the most gorgeous venue in Greenwich Village, one of the most amazing neighborhoods in New York City with a lot of surrounding neighborhoods. I've been checking the hotels and everything, and there are affordable options for you. So please check out the details. This is going to be a two-day transformational business building retreat. It's going to be Passion and Prosperous, the podcast on steroids with me. And you're going to come away. This is what I've been saying about it, right? This is the tagline. Come as you are and leave as your future self. So Please look into it, mark your calendar, November 11th and 12th, and I promise you that you will come out of that event with a whole new sense of who you are, what you're here to do, and ready to take massive action. And with that, let's dive into today's topic. So I sometimes get ideas for shows or, you know, what I want to talk about, but it often takes me, not often, sometimes it takes me like a couple of weeks of just kind of mulling it over or pondering how I can talk about this thing because it's something that I have a lot of thoughts about and I've got (laughs) plenty of opinions, as you know. And sometimes it takes me a little time to figure out how I want to sort out my thoughts, sort out that information, and put it together for you in a way that's going to make sense, first of all, (laughs) and have a narrative, you know, kind of like, what's the point? So the thing that I've been 
wanting to talk to you about and have really been sitting with and thinking about what my approach was going to be or what the kind of, you know, the lens was going to be was talking about client results and your responsibility or if you are responsible, like, are you responsible for your client's results? Um, who's responsible? And just to open up about this topic that I actually know can be a real source of angst, you know, because when you are someone who is passionate about the work that you do, it means that you are, and everyone, you know, we, I always, I always say everyone that listens to the show is heart centered, is service oriented and is really here, uh, here on earth, not just here listening to the show to in some way, shape or form help other people. Right. Everyone that, that I work with and everyone that listens to the show, your whole reason for doing what you do is because you help other people. And we all help people in different ways, right? So we've got lots of different kinds of people that listen to this show and do different things. But at the end of the day, we can sort of say that it's all about helping other people to um, to transform, to get different results than they can get on their own, to to feel happier, to to feel well, to feel healthier, to be more successful, to be able to do the things that they want to do. Um, and, you know, sometimes it's also to have clarity, right? And so we all do things that really have to do with desperately wanting to help other people in the world to have outcomes and to have results. I mean, that's literally what we do. Even those of you, and I, you know, I just want to say it's funny. I was out to dinner with uh, some friends the other night and one of my friends who I know has listened to the show and loves the show. And uh, we were talking about something, not about the show, but we were talking about something and he said, but it's for coaches, right? Or cause, cause, cause you coach coaches or you work with coaches. And I was like, and creatives and wellness professionals and people who are in any sort of service-based business. And so that includes teachers and mentors, right? Um, yoga teachers. Someone that recently took our, my Prosper course was a voice teacher, right? Um, many of you are, are, you know, acting teachers, directors. So there are so many things that you could be if you are a creative, heart-centered, service-based human being using your gifts and skills and what you know how to do well and what you're an expert in to help other people. So I just want to be really clear. I know I use the word coaches a lot when I'm just sort of referencing. I'm trying to, I use it as like an umbrella term, but I probably should become a little more conscious of that because I don't want everyone to think that this is only geared toward coaches. This is geared toward all of you who do work that involves you helping another person to have an outcome directly, you directly helping that person, right? So there's a lot of pressure when that's what you say you do. And especially when someone is paying you the money, it sort of tips the, the, the balance. It sort of shifts it from being what it what it really is, which is what we're going to talk about today, which is a partnership, to being a client relationship, right? Where someone is paying the other person and therefore there are expectations of what's going to happen. And a lot of times you yourself, as well as the client, may have some ideas and maybe even different ones of how much of those results or outcomes you as the provider or the service provider are responsible for. And I know that it can be really, it can be really heartbreaking or it can make you feel really anxious or make you worried about what you do or anything. It, it, it doesn't feel good when you think that someone isn't getting results, when you when someone who's paying you and that you're working with is not getting results. And 
it can be very easy to internalize that and to take that on and to feel a responsibility for it. And I totally get it. This is like my life. Like I'm not saying my life is that my clients don't get results, but my life is that I care so deeply about my clients feeling like they're getting what they came for from me that I have to do a lot of work around around exactly what I just said. The difference between them getting what they came for, meaning me delivering what I said I was going to deliver and their outcomes. And some of that has a correlation, right? Because I need to know that I, or I need to feel confident that I'm providing the right tools and support and all the stuff that I provide in order to get, to have anyone get those outcomes. So I have to be confident that I know that I'm providing the tools and that I'm providing them with a how-to manual, like how to use them. But but I'm not actually responsible for what someone ends up doing with the tools. And I think that this is a really complicated and complex area. And just like coaching or therapy or anything, even, even helping someone to use their talent. You know, you're, you're a director, you're a, you know, you're an acting teacher, you're some sort of a, even, even to, to use their body, right? Teaching someone how to meditate, teaching someone how to do yoga, teaching someone how to dance, teaching anything where you are trying to help someone else to do something. There is a certain point where you are not responsible anymore. And and this is very, very difficult. This is very difficult. And I and I've done a lot of work around this. Like I've had my my even before I had my coaching business, I was, you know, teaching yoga and I was teaching, I was certifying teachers to be teachers, right? So I'm giving them all the tools that I could possibly give them. I mean, I am it, it, you know, you probably know most of you, unless this is like your first episode ever. Those of you who know me, you know, I'm extremely generous in that, like, I can't hold back, you know, like other coaches that look at my trainings and workshops that I do for free, they probably think I'm fucking nuts, right? Because I give away so much, um, good stuff, like real stuff, you know? Um, and when I was teaching people how to be yoga teachers, I did everything I could to give them everything. But at the end of the day, I don't have any control over whether or not someone is going to end up being able to, not able to teach a yoga class, but have what they really want, which is to attract a lot of people to their classes, right? What makes someone attractive, and I don't mean physically, but magnetically or whatever, um, and and how they use their gifts and skills and how they use the tools, um, I don't have any control over that. And so I've spent decades of my life um, trying to navigate or, you know, like sort of find the right way to think about and approach this for myself so that I don't walk around constantly feeling responsible for other people. And I've done a lot of work around seeing other people as whole and capable and as adults. And you've heard me talk about this in the, in relationship to how I go into discovery calls. I, and I, I teach this when I teach about going into your calls and whatever with, with a scarcity mindset, for example, or, you know, needing money and approaching your calls and also approaching your calls with fear that, the other person isn't going to say yes and trying to pre-game all of the objections or all the reasons that they might not and assuming that everybody's going to think that your service is too expensive or that or that no one's going to want to you know do this the, the work you do or whatever and one of the ways that I have turned that around cuz I had those thoughts too um one of the ways that I turned that around was to really start practicing 
the the belief or that you know it's an affirmation it's a belief that every single person is capable and whole and an adult and responsible for themselves their choices and their decisions and therefore that works in both ways right so it works in that i can see people as having the potential to make really empowered decisions cuz i see them as capable and whole and therefore they're capable of deciding to get what they want, to pay for the kind of support they need, to pay for a coach, um, right? And if they're not going to, I don't have any control over that. I can help someone, I can coach them, and I can help them overcome maybe something that's a limiting belief or a fear that they have of taking that next step and investing in themselves. And of course, I coach people around that. But at the end of the day, I can't, magically make someone's brain decide that they want to invest in, 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 in coaching or in support for their business or in their life transformation. I I can't, there's nothing I can do. And if someone decides that it's not for them, I need to see that as well as them being perfect, capable and whole and able to make a, a, a decision because they're an adult and a responsible person. So, it's very important that I and we apply that very same idea that everyone is 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 perfect, capable, and whole to everyone that works with us as a client. And it's important that we know what's our part and what's their part when it comes to getting results and getting outcomes. So one of the reasons why this is a really interesting topic is because one of the ways that you all and I myself included um, attract clients or students, whatever you want to call them, right, is by talking about what outcomes we help people get. And we talk about what problems we help solve. And there's all of this these uh, messages, right? Messaging, we call it, is how we sort of speak to our ideal clients in such a way that will hopefully draw them in, attract them, let them know that like what we do is right for them, right? So, So that's an important part of marketing. An important part of marketing is that we do have to tell people what working with us makes possible for them. And that means that we tell them that there are outcomes that we can help them to get, that there are results that we can help them to get, whatever those outcomes and results are that 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 they want. And, you know, I was thinking about um, some of the people I work with who are also like um, uh, creatives and designers, like my, you know, my own new designer that I'm that that now works with me on my on my team and she's my assistant. And, you know, I was thinking about how, you know, yeah, she can come up with really great designs. But if but I could still be let down or disappointed in what she created or the outcome, the result, right? Like if she promises me you're going to have a beautiful website right? And then she makes me a beautiful website, but it's not the beautiful website that I had in mind, or it doesn't convey my vibe, my energy, my message, then we can absolutely look at the fact that I had a part in that, right? If that were the case, it's not. I fucking love my website. It's awesome. But creating it was not me hiring someone and saying, you go do this without me, right? No, it, it it's a partnership where I had to provide the clarity and the messaging and, and, and describe as best as I could the vibe and the energy. So with all of us, whatever you do, if you're a coach or creative, a teacher, even if you are a... You know, I also work with some people who are energy workers and healers, right? Or people who help other people to, uh, you know, yoga teachers, who, who do meditation, people who, who use, you know, sound healing, like all of these, these different possibilities. Even if you're like a mystic and you use your intuition and you pull cards, right? I mean, we've got it all here in the passionate and prosperous community, right? Whatever you are doing, it's not one-sided. Everything that we do is a partnership. 
And I use that word from the very beginning when I'm talking to a potential client. I reference the coaching as a partnership. I actually get a little uncomfortable when people say that they hired me versus that they're working with me, right? Um, it's very subtle, but the, the idea that someone feels like they're hiring me, I'm like, well, kind of you are, but the truth is, is that we're going to be working together hand in hand. And if you, you know, I don't necessarily say this, but, 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 but I do say it in, 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 in a way, which I'm, I'm going to tell you how, but essentially like the message is you're going to have to show up just as much as I'm going to be showing up for you. The only way this is going to work is if it's a partnership. So, you know, I, I don't ever say what I'm about to say, but in my mind, I'm like, so let's get rid of the word hiring. Cause like, that's not really, you know, that's not really what the dynamic is. So, so there's a lot that goes into, right? This whole relationship and the expectations that get set up when you decide to work with someone, when you and that person decides partner, even if they're hiring you or paying you for a service, or even if you're going to go away and create something and then present it to them, it's still, you know, unless, unless they're like, you know, going to be your benefactor and they're just like hiring you to like make art and they don't care what it is. Right. But if it's something for them, that's either going to help them with their business or help them put themselves out there or help them have more success, help them to be healthier, help them to heal from something, help them to be better at something, help them to use their innate talent and, and, and shape it or help them to refine, you know, even on a muscular level. I mean, like, you know, I referenced the voice team your vocal cords or muscles, right? How you use your breath and how you use your vocal cords, that's really important. And no voice teacher can climb inside of you. That would actually be uncomfortable and weird and breathe for you or use your voice for you, right? Um, they can only provide you with the tools and the feedback and do the best that they can to, to, to help you to access what's already inside of you. And that's so much of what all of us do. And so I, I want to begin this whole kind of, you know, discussion of the client really, um, results and stuff with remembering that this is really complex and it's not to deter you or to make you feel like, oh no, I shouldn't do this work. No, it's just to give you a perspective, right? I think when I really now look back at like, this is episode 50, the one that you're listening to now. So we've never missed an episode. We've put out an episode every single week since we started and we ain't stopping. Um, so in, you know, when I think about the, the episodes, right? The 49 prior to this. And I really look at this, this body of work that's being created. One thing I can tell you that I, I'm pretty confident about, right? Is that a lot of what I feel I do here and why I do it is that I like to dispel myths and I like to lay it all down, like really real. And. I think it's important to have like reality and not just think about everything in terms of like, um, you know, like not make everything seem like it's just easy as long as you have, you know, the right information because that's not true, right? It's complicated to do the work that you do. It's soulful. It's soulful for you and for the people that you're working with. And there's a deep levels of caring. There's deep levels of desiring to do right by people. There's deep levels of wanting other people to feel good and have outcomes. There's deep emotional shit when you partner with people and you want them to feel like they got what they came for, that they, that their investment was worth it, that they're happy. And it's not only because you don't want a bad review. It's not only because you don't want them to like, you know, like not write you a testimonial. It's not just for that. It's not for the optics. It's deeper than that. It's because you genuinely don't want someone to not feel that they got what they wanted. 
Right. And then of course it, no one likes, you know, a bad review or testimonial, like nobody wants someone to be disappointed because it doesn't feel good for business either. But I know like when I think about someone not leaving our coaching partnership with what they thought they came for, like with the outcomes or the results they came for. I'm not, my first thought isn't, uh Oh, this is going to fuck up my ratings. No, my first thought is fuck. Like I, I really care that this person, you know, did or didn't get what they, what they, what they wanted. Right. But I always know that I showed up exactly the way that I said I was going to. And we're, that's one of the things we're going to talk about. So the very first thing that I want to, you know, put out there is that when you're in the business of what we're in the business of, it is complicated. It is complex. It is deep. We're working with spirits and souls and we're working with like limiting beliefs and beliefs and we're working with emotions and we're working with all of those layers of someone's subtle body, energetic body and ours too, you know, which is why you know that I am like so adamant about you doing your own work and having your practices that you use because of how challenging it is to show up and be in service to other people. And one of the reasons why you have to do the work for yourself is because once you engage with that other person and you're in that partnership, you can't help but feel the feelings and you care about your clients. I do. I love my clients. You know, and I, and I deeply care about them. So, so it makes things really tricky when someone may not be getting what they were hoping for. Right. So what we're going to do for the episode is I'm going to literally walk you through the process from attracting a client to like working with a client and talk about where the responsibilities kind of like whose responsibility is what so that it can help you to have a little more. I think it'll just help you to to look at the whole um, relationship and see what's in your control so that like, cause it helps to know what's in your control. Because when you really think about what's not in your control, it's much easier for you to let go of what you think is your responsibility. Right. And that's what I'm hoping you're going to walk away with today is, is feeling a little more clarity or a lot more clarity around what is in your control and what you are responsible for. And that way you can know what you're not responsible for so that you don't jumble it all up in your brain. And at the end of the day, if someone is leaving without whatever the result is that they wanted, that you don't just automatically take that on as your full responsibility. So how does it start? How does the, 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 the client relationship begin? Well, it begins with attraction, right? It begins with you attracting a client and what you use to attract clients. And so I started to say this before. So now we're like, really, now we're in it. Okay. So what do you use to attract clients? Well, you use marketing where you're, where you're calling in clients, usually based on either the problems that they need help solving or the outcomes that you think that they are wanting for themselves, right? And and usually both, right? Because we have to have like a variety of ways that we market and message and how we speak to our ideal clients because everybody hears things in a different way. I actually teach in my programs, right? Stacy's seven messaging styles so that I can help all my clients and my students to not only kind of keep defaulting to one thing when they put themselves out there, like on social media or when they're talking to people or whatever. It's important to have a variety of ways that you that you attract your clients. But typically what we're doing is we're attracting them with what? With we're dangling in front of them that we either solve a problem that they're aware that they have, that we help provide outcomes that they want, and we also use um, 
success stories of other clients that we've had. So we talk about other people's results, right? We talk about our results. Like we use all these kinds of ways to get people to what? To believe that we're an authority and to believe that we're the person that can help them. And just so you know, everything that I just outlined for you is why you need a niche. <laughs> um, you thought I would go through a whole episode without telling you anything about niche, but it can't happen. It, it, will, it never happens, right? So a big reason why it's helpful to know your niche is so that you can do what I just said, so that you can talk more specifically about the problems that you solve and the outcomes that you get. And the reason why niche is really important is because if you if you talk about that in a really generic way, no one's going to listen. But if you're able to speak about those problems and those outcomes in a way that it really specifically shows up in a specific kind of person's life, whether that's like literally a, a, a demographic, like a life stage, an age, a profession or whatever, or if it's just like a, like a kind of person, right? And what I mean by that is, you know, um, is it a, a, a soulful person or, you know, a spiritual person that you attract or whatever? So, so we attract the client, right, with this messaging. And of course, we're basing our messaging on kind of like the ultimate, right? It's like very important that you don't guarantee results for people. You cannot be in the business of guaranteeing anything. And I have had in my four years, not many, but like a couple of discovery calls, for example, with a, a, a brand new coach who really wanted to work with a business coach and who asked me, this is not a couple of calls, this is one particular person I'm remembering, literally asked me like five times if I could guarantee that she would make $10,000 in her coaching business by the, you know, by three months from when we started. And I said, no, I will not make that guarantee. Do I believe it's possible? A hundred percent. I've done. I did it when I first started my coaching business. I made $10,000 in 10 weeks and won a big challenge. So do I know that it's possible? Yes. Do I know right now that it's possible for you? No, I don't know enough about you yet. I don't know how you're going to show up. I don't know what you already have in place. I don't know what kind of risky actions you're willing to take yet. How can I guarantee that unless I was just going to give you the money? Unless I was going to write you a check, right? And all those coaches out there that guarantee six figures and five-figure months and all this... Don't fucking believe them. It is ridiculous. And any testimonials or whatever that they're showing you are from the few people that got those. I'm not saying that it's not possible, but no one, no one can guarantee you outcomes when it comes to them helping you to do something. Because at the end of the day, you're going to have to be able to do it. And so are your clients. And you can't possibly know what a client's outcomes for real, for real are going to be before you start working with them. So it's very, very hard to want clients, right? To want people to, to pay you, to want to work with people. That's how we have a business. And to know that you need to attract those people and that they need to feel confident making an investment and working with you. And that's going to be based on what you tell them <laughs> about outcomes and about how you do it and about how you've helped other people and the kind of results that you know are possible and all of that, but without guaranteeing them anything, you know? And I know uh, of, a, of a coach who has a, a multi-seven-figure business, um, and in her lowest investment program, which is not really expensive, um, she has a money back guarantee. But the money back guarantee is not like about how much money you make or, or, or uh, actually I think it might be. Um, but the point is that there are stipulations on what qualify you for that money back guarantee. And those stipulations that you have to prove that you took action and did every single thing in the course. 
Because one thing that we know is that we cannot be responsible for how other people take action. We can do everything we can to support them, to give them the tools, to create accountability. And sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes it doesn't change anything. And that sucks, man. It sucks. It sucks for you. It's frustrating. And it sucks for them. But it does happen. So, you know, it is true that for the marketing attraction purposes, we have to we have to dangle some outcomes and results. Otherwise, why would anyone work with us, right? But the one thing that's really, really challenging is at that stage of the partnership, it's not possible to guarantee anyone anything. And so I don't recommend that you do. And I think that you should get in the habit of using the language of what becomes possible for people. Or it's very important for you to really talk about the things that people will be doing differently, right? Because that's tangible. And this is why when people come to me and they want to work with me and all they can tell me about their business and their niche is how people are going to feel after they work with them, I'm like, that is not good enough. Like, you cannot build a business on guaranteeing people how they're going to feel. Feelings and emotions and how people's brains work. How could you possibly guarantee how someone was going to feel, right? I spent 20 years sitting down in front of a yoga classroom, offering up every single time I taught a yoga class. There was never a time that I thought, eh, I'm just going to teach a shitty yoga class right now. Sitting down and committing myself to whatever that length of time was to be in total service and to pour my heart into helping other people to have some sort of transformational experience, even if it was like a freaking one hour beginner yoga class, right? All the way up to like deep restorative, real relaxation, transcendental, you know, practices. And I would provide the best thing I could, environment, you know, uh, what, what the, poses were going to be, the music, the lighting, the, 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 the theme, whatever. And it would amaze me that someone could walk out of a classroom, a yoga classroom and write a shitty review on Yelp, (laughs) right? And it was based entirely on their own feelings and emotion. Someone comes into yoga class in a shitty mood and you don't teach the class that they wanted to have, they leave and they write a shitty review about you. You do not have control over how people feel. So it's really risky for you to advertise that as your outcomes and your results. Unless you're going to say possible outcomes, maybe, (laughs) right? Some of the possible things you may experience are. So it's very important that that you feel good about the language that you use when you're telling people what outcomes are possible for them, right? and about guaranteeing things. And a lot of times, okay, so so that's the attraction part, right? So you're using marketing and someone, the client, this is before you guys have connected, the client is over there having their problems or having their struggles or having their desires or knowing what they want, right? And you guys haven't connected yet. And then somehow they find you, they see you on social media, they get referred to you, they meet you, or, you know, sit next to you on an airplane, whatever it is. And now, boom. Okay, so now, now you're going to, now I'm jumping, of course, I'm jun- jumping through the nurture process, right? Maybe they had to kind of be on your yellow brick road for a while. Maybe they had to, you know, experience you, but blah, blah, blah. Now they're at the discovery call. Okay. And you're in a call, consultation, a call with someone, and you're talking about working together. And in that call, they're sharing with you what they don't like about their experience, what they're struggling with, what they'd like. And then you're, of course, you, you know, you, you, you wanna, you wanna work with them. And so you're telling them about what's possible and how you hear them and like this is what you do and you provide solutions and 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 you tell them how you work and all of that right it's really important that when you're forming that partnership and when you and that person are saying agreeing to work together that in that moment 
not after, not once they've paid you money, not once it began, not halfway through. In that moment that you set the expectations, that you make it clear that this is a partnership, that you make it clear that like the results are going to be dependent on how both of you do your parts or do your jobs. And that they express to you and that you have a very, very, very clear sense that they are ready to show up. It is a huge mistake to agree to work with someone if they have any notion that the way this is going to work is that you're going to show up, tell them what to do deliver information to them that they're going to listen to for an hour or whatever, and that they're going to get results. You're also not a magician uh, about making someone have the space in their life for something. I've learned my lesson the hard fucking way. And here's what I'm going to tell you. I have worked with a lot of I'm just going to come right out and say it. I've worked with a lot of moms of young children. And I've worked with two kinds. The kinds that are so committed to figuring out how to also grow their business or make changes in their life, whatever it is, that they understand that it's not going to be easy to do the coaching work because the coaching work not only happens in the session, but it has to happen in how they implement it and take action outside of the session. And that is going to mean having to figure out how to not be in the situation that they're in now, which is that they feel that their kids are demanding 100,000% of their time, that they don't leave them alone ever, that they have no bandwidth. And what makes someone think that hiring a coach is going to change what's happening in their household The only thing that could change what's happening in their household is them, not the coach. And so I have learned that I need to be very clear with someone about the fact that they might not feel, I'm happy to work with them, but that they might not feel that they got the outcome that they wanted unless they're digging in and ready to do the transformational work and that that's not going to be comfortable. It may not. Everything that you that you want for yourself and everything that a client wants for themselves requires an investment. And that investment is not only money, okay? And there are way too many people in the world that think that money is the solving of the problem, but it's not. Hiring you, paying you, it's not. I even have a friend who's an interior designer who one of her biggest complaints about clients is that like they they, 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 they have this like thing where they're like, I just want to hire you and, 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 and have you go do your thing. Right. But it's where they're going to (laughs) live. Like, you know, and so for her, she's like, why would someone not want to, you know, be involved in certain aspects of the process until I spend their money and deliver something to them? And then they're like, they want to change it right? So money is not the only thing that we invest in order to get the outcomes that we want. Time and energy have to be there. And we have a whole episode on this. I talk about it all the time, right? So when someone is investing and working with you in any capacity as their coach, as their teacher, as their mentor, as their director, as their healer, as their whatever, they are going to have to be investing time and energy outside of the the money, right? I pay my my functional holistic nutritionist a lot of money, okay? Because I see her, you know, whatever every six weeks to eight six to eight weeks. She's not cheap, which is which is great. I buy a lot of supplement things that you know whatever whatever it is. I invest a lot in my house. But let me tell you something. If I decide not to do what she and I talked about, like if I decide to eat whatever the fuck I want and not, you know, stay away from the things that we talked about, it's on me. It's not on her. Just because I paid her (laughs) doesn't mean that she's going to magically come over and, you know, 
stop me from having a decadent meal. You know, like it, it's, it's on me. My results are on me. If I trust that what she's telling me and the tools and the strategies that she's telling me and they're custom for me, I'll tell you that much. I trust that she knows what she's talking about and it's what I do with it that matters. So when you're in those calls, those, those forming of the partnership calls, this is stuff that you've got to be willing to talk about with your client. And you have to be able to like, in a way that doesn't scare them off, of course, like we're not like, we want people to feel totally inspired and like, and that they're in possibility and that they can do this, right? That's the energy because if someone shows up that way, there's a really good chance they are going to get results. Right? So, so we have to inspire people to take responsibility from that outset, from the moment that we, that we begin the partnership. Now, let's now move on to each person's responsibility, right? Because each person has to play their part or do their part. And only you have control over what you do. You, you're not like, unless you're going to like live with someone and work with them 24 seven, you are not responsible for how they, what they do outside of the time that they're with you or the communication with you, which is another reason why you may know that for the kind of work that you do, that you need to customize or custom tailor the, 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 those services you provide. I provide uh, unbelievable levels of, of connection for my clients because I know that they need to be able to vox for me, that they need to be able to, you know, talk to me between sessions on, on an app, that they need to be able to obviously email me. Um, and, and I know that if I haven't heard from one of my clients for X amount of time, then they can attest to this. I'll be like, Hey, <laughs> hi, what's going on? Because I get to know them so well that I know what their silence means. I get to know them so well that I know that if I haven't heard from them in X amount of time, that they might be in a little bit of a mind drama or feeling down or having, you know, some, some, you know, human brain attack, right? And I'm going to show up for them. So I know that that is something that my clients need. And so I make sure that it's built into what I say I provide. So when it comes down to the work, you only have control over the part that you say you can do, right? And I get that you want to do a great job. So obviously you need to feel like you're good at what you do, like that you, that you execute the, the skill of what you do. If you're teaching something or if you're coaching on something or, you know, whatever it is that you do, you, you do have to feel confident that you're doing it well. That is true. And that's a whole other episode about how we, how we know to feel confident about what we do. I'm going to make a note of that, right? How we feel confident that we're offering someone something that is of a, a high caliber, right? I always say, I want my clients to know that they're going to have an exceptional experience, right? Which means I'm going to do my best to show up and make sure that everything that's my part is going to be to the best of my ability how I show up for them, what I'm able to provide, my knowledge, my expertise, how I listen to them, my intention coming into the work with them, seeing them as their best selves, holding their vision high, delivering the content. If I'm sharing content, if it's a program, giving what I say, I'm going to teach you this, 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 and this, and then teaching it to them, having what I say, I've got tools for that. I've got worksheets for that. I've got meditations for that. Whatever it is, I want it. I'm going to deliver it. If I say you're going to be in touch with me and communicate with me, I'm going to deliver it. I'm not going to vanish. I'm not going to like all of a sudden be like, oh no, I meant, you know, that you could uh, reach out to me one time for, you know, uh, 17 seconds every uh, 19th day. I mean, you should hear some of the shit that I see people like putting the limitations on their programs that are so ridiculous. I'm just like, oh my God, like who would even want to keep track of that? But anyway, that's also another episode. 
So like, so what else is in your control? Providing the support, providing the accountability and, you know, being able to give them the tools that they need, um, knowing how to help people troubleshoot, helping them to create the right strategy, giving them the the things that they should be doing as their homework or their exercises or, you know, what they should be thinking about or what they should do between the times, um, asking for what you need. If what you do is something that requires for you to like have more, more in-depth information, if, if you need to know with clarity, their message or what they want or their vision. You can do all of that. You can be responsible for asking the right questions, for gathering the right information, for providing what you say. But then once you're doing all of that, there's this next part that you have no control over. And that is what people go and away and do with it. Now, if the reason that they're not doing is because they've got limiting beliefs or, you know, they've got resistance, they go away, they're overwhelmed, they're, they, they, they can't take action, and it's in the scope of what you do, then yeah, you're going to be like, hey, all right, like, why aren't you taking action? Let's talk about it. Let's see what we can do. But even in that situation, it may end up being outside the scope of the work that you partnered to do together because human brains are really complex. The way that your client's brain works, there's only so much you can do. And again, this is, this is important for us all to know the scope of our work. I have a big thing about coaches saying that they do things that are really what therapists do. Like, I think there's a, I think that you have to be really clear. I'm married to a psychoanalyst. Um, I do deep work on people's thoughts with people's, you know, brains, but I also don't work with people who are depressed. For example, if someone comes to me for coaching and it's clear to me that they are very depressed, I, 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 gently say that I'm not the right coach for them and I refer them. I believe that people who are truly struggling with depression should be seeing a therapist. And if someone is seeing a therapist and then they seek out coaching, um, then that could be a different story because they work well together. But it's really important that you recognize that human brains and people's life experience that brought them to where they are and their fears and they're, you know, sometimes traumas, um, and all of the, the complexities of their, of their layers of being human factor in to how they take action, whether or not they can take action, what they're willing to do. And with all of us, most of the work that you're doing with people requires for them to get uncomfortable. It requires to disrupt patterns. It requires making change. And as we know, change is the number one thing that our brains hate the most. Everything that we do with our clients requires some level of them feeling like they're taking risks. Everything that we do with our clients requires some level of them feeling like they're stepping outside of their comfort zone. Everything that we do is vulnerable. Everything that we do is asking people to go deep, to dig deep. And everything that we're doing with our clients requires for them to feel a passion, a dedication, a willingness to make the effort, and a willingness to go to those uncomfortable places, and a willingness to make the space to do it. So, you know, uh, here's another example for, for me of, you know, like sometimes someone signs up for my programs, like my group programs or to work with me one-on-one while they have a, a full-time job. And, you know, when I became a coach, I, I had what felt like the equivalent of a full-time job, right? I had um, 
exited the partnership of owning a yoga studio, which I thought was going to be my end game, right? I was like, I, I opened a yoga studio. I had two business partners. And I thought this is going to be my business. We're going to be really successful. I'm eventually going to be able to have other teachers teaching, but I'll own the business. I had this, you know, that was like a big plan. And seven years in, I was miserable. And I was like, this is not working. I can't do this. I don't want to do this. I don't want to be turning 50 in a partnership with these people. It was toxic. It wasn't, it wasn't, it was no longer good. But I also had only been owning a struggling business with two business partners for seven years. And I didn't have a big savings or my husband also, like we were in debt from our fertility treatments. Like we didn't have money. We had debt. And so when I decided to to leave the business and become a coach, the only way I could do that was to give myself a transition period. And that transition period was that I continued to teach at the studio that I was no longer an owner of full time. And now obviously I wasn't teaching eight hours a day every day, but I was teaching yoga every day and I was still teaching the teacher trainings, which were, which were big commitments. Like, uh, you know, those were like full day things, whatever. And I was developing my coaching, building my coaching business. So I was taking coaching clients I was having clients at 8.30 in the morning at, at, you know, I had a client that was in, you know, in um, Hong Kong. And I, the only time that worked for both of us was like 8 p.m. my time. I was taking clients all over the place. I don't do that now. It took years to get to the point where like I have, I only work with clients in my desired time frame, you know. But when I first started, I was working it felt like I was working all the time and I was making huge changes and sacrifices to be able to build the coaching business while still having my, my, uh, my yoga teaching job. So when I, when someone comes to me and they've got a job, they've got kids, they've got, they're busy, they've got all this, I'm very clear. I say, you've got to know that you've got to know that, that you are going to, be willing and able to do whatever it takes to get the most out of our work together. And I'm very upfront about it because I definitely don't want somebody to make an investment in working with me and end up being really upset that they didn't get outcomes. And the reason they didn't was that at the end of the day, they couldn't implement anything. They couldn't do anything. They didn't make any changes. And they weren't the changes that I could help them make because all I could do is suggest. And when I said earlier that everything is an investment of time and energy and money, when it comes to your clients and my clients, sometimes that means that in order to do the work that you want to do for you, you have to spend money to get help, childcare, a housekeeper come in once a week, um, you know, whatever, a million possibilities of what you may need to spend money on in order to create the right situation for yourself. And I think with what any of us do, right? There is some requirement on the part of the other person, possibly to make a monetary investment that's not only the one they're making to work with us, but something else to support them being able to utilize what it is that they're doing with us. So again, this is why it's really complex when it comes to your responsibility for people's outcomes, their responsibility, what kinds of things you can promise and guarantee. And, you know, at the end of the day, the fact that like there may be people that work with you and leave feeling like they didn't get results. And at that point, you get to ask yourself if you feel that there was something about the way that you supported them or the way that you work with them that could be improved because that can happen. It can happen that you didn't really get super clear on what they really needed, for example, or you could have done it a different way or you could have guided them. Again, we're not here to tell people what to do. That's why it has to be a partnership. Ideally, in a coaching relationship, people decide for themselves what they want to do. You might give them some possibilities, 
and hash it out with them. But at the end of the day, they should be deciding what they want to do, not you telling them what to do, because that really works. That really gets the outcomes anyway. So at the end of the day, if someone doesn't get a result and they're like, you know, hopefully this never happens, but I'm just being very extreme right now. Like if someone was like, fucking that sucked, that was throwing my money down the drain, then you need to make sure that you did not make a promise or a guarantee of what you would be providing or offering or delivering that you didn't deliver on. And if you did deliver on everything that you said, and that's how the person feels, then unfortunately it's on them. And it could be that when you were forming the partnership, you weren't clear with how it was going to go. And, you know, there are so many coaches out there that think that, you know, promoting how much money they make, like making a post about that they made, you know, $75,000 this month or telling you that their client made a lot of money or whatever, you know, that that they think that that is good um, responsible marketing. And you know what I'm here to tell you? It's not. Client celebrations are really great and I do it occasionally, right? But I think it's really important to celebrate the kinds of results that people are really getting. And they're not always the ones that are like, lost 9,000 pounds, made a million dollars, um, you know, changed their whole life in three months, you, you know, quit their job, started a business. Most of the time, it's not what's really happening with our people. And that's okay. It's just that the way that the business makes it seem is that that's what you're supposed to be able to say. And I think it's misleading. And I think it also misleads people into like choosing who they work with. And it's unfortunate because a lot of times people choose the people that, for lack of a better word, that are the bright, shiny objects that are putting all that shitty messaging out there and that aren't being real and that aren't telling people the truth about what it really takes to get massive results. I would rather be honest with people. And that's what this show is about, right? Like, and, and, you know, if you go look at my website, there's nowhere on there where I say, I guarantee that you'll be able to make a certain amount of money. And I'm a business coach. Can you make six figures if you work with me? Oh, a hundred percent. Hell yeah. Can I get you to a million? Yeah. It'll take time. It's taking me about five, six years of my business to get to that point. Do I know how? Yeah. But is it for everyone? No. And do I know all the different things? Like I don't, I don't coach people on MLM product selling. That's not what I do. Um, so, you know, it's very, very important that, that you have clarity about what results you help people get and that you feel confident that when you form a partnership with someone that you're very transparent and clear about their role. And then also that you are confident that you are delivering everything that you feel would be possible for you to deliver in order to help them get that outcome. And then if all of that is in place, then you're doing the best that you can. And your responsibility is to show up the way you said you were going to for that other person and to give them everything you said you would give and to love them and to care deeply about their about their outcomes and about their success, but to know when it's not your responsibility. And that's tricky. And that's what makes this like, you know, I don't think having a service-based business is for the faint of heart because I think that there's so much that goes into it and it's not just a money-making machine and you're talking about real people with real lives and real brains and real um, limitations or not. And not everybody can bust through their limitations in a short amount of time. You know, um, and this is the final thing I'll say because it's a really interesting one. But, you know, um, when people come to me and they tell me that they don't want to use social media 
for their business at all. And I don't use social media. Like I don't sell on social media. Like we've talked about this. I use social media to draw people onto my yellow brick road, but then I'm constantly providing trainings and workshops and ways in this show, right? Ways for people to connect with me off of social media. But But I think that social media is a really valuable tool because it's a free marketing platform that's available to everyone. And, you know, without it, you're definitely limited to just like the human connections that you can make like in your town, (laughs) right? Or, Or through people that you know, which is fine. I know that people build robust businesses that way. It's just, it's just important to know that either way, wanting to use social media or not still takes a tremendous amount of action taking, action taking that's going to make you feel uncomfortable if you're not already doing it, if you're not already putting yourself out there in a big way. Putting yourself out there on social media is not that much worse than putting yourself out in the real world. And I think that sometimes people think it is, and I'm like, it's not. In order to attract clients, you have to put yourself out there. Put yourself out there does not mean only on social media. It means out there, out there. And that's not easy for people. And so when someone comes to me and they've got no clients, no business, and they want to work with me, I say, you have to tell me right now if you're willing to put yourself out there. (laughs) Because otherwise, I'm not going to work with that person because I can't help them get clients. Because 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 that is the essential thing that is required for, for creating clients is putting yourself out there, right? So you need to know that for the kind of work you do in case there is something like that, in case there is a deal breaker, in case there is something that would make you say, I don't think I'm the right person for you. If you're not going, if, the, if you know you're not going to be willing to try this or do this, then I may not be the right person. You've got to know if there's something like that for you. Otherwise, you're operating from a place where you just really want clients and then you're taking in clients that that should not be working with you. And those are the clients that are not going to get outcomes. So, it all begins in the beginning. It begins in the promises that you make in your marketing and messaging. And then it all comes down to those conversations that you have when you're forming the partnership and the expectations that you set up. And working with people on helping them achieve transformation or success or whatever is work. It's delicate. It's soul to soul. Soul to soul. So that's what I have for you today. I love you. I want you to come to the Passion and Prosperous birthday party on October 28th. It's a Friday at 11 a.m. Um, if you go to my website, there'll be something up there. By the time you listen to this, there'll be something there for you to be able to go grab the details. And New York City, you guys, I mean, you can't hear it because my amazing producer edits the shit out of this show. But just while I was recording this episode, the sounds of New York City came through so loud and clear <laughs> that I had to stop a million times. So anyway, this is a city with life and vibrancy and sound and color and energy. And if you love this show and you love listening to me and what I believe is passionate and prosperous, then you're going to believe me when I tell you that the energy of passion and prosperous live happening in New York City is going to be where it's at. It's going to fuel you. It's going to make you feel excited to be here. It's a gorgeous time of year. The energy in the streets is amazing. And then I'm going to get you in a room and I'm going to work you to the point where you leave as the next version of yourself that you're ready to be. I will be in your headphones with you next week, sending you all the love and high vibes. Bye. so much for listening to Passionate and Prosperous with me, Stacey Brass Russell. If you like what you're listening to, please make sure you're following or subscribing. And if you're on Apple, that's the little plus sign on the top right so that you get notified when new episodes drop every Wednesday. As always, I'm sending you love and high vibes. And remember, life is hard and there's always something you can do about it.